The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome to another edition of The Real Money Show brought to you by Guildhall Wealth. The phone number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. I am joined today. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. I'm joined with Darren Long. How are you doing, Darren? I'm well, Jeremy, and uh, we're back after a week of some technical difficulties to talk about the gold and silver markets. And boy, what a great time to be participating, watching these two markets rally today. Yeah, and I think not only uh, today, but uh, it's interesting to note that gold so far in 2020 is up uh, 13 over 13% as of last week. This week, we've probably got to be about up 15% in U.S. dollars, up over 22% in Canadian dollars. Silver last week was uh, up 3%. Now that we're trading around the $18 range, we're probably in the plus 5% range and probably about dead even on the U.S. dollar. So I think it's great to just make that note that the precious metals have been performing quite well over the last uh, several months, obviously. Um, I think today, Darren, we should be talking about hard assets in a post-pandemic world. I think everyone is starting to you know, think about going outside, think about doing some uh, retail therapy, um, you know, getting haircuts, and they're starting to look at the world, the new world that we're living in. But of course, we had a lot of economic issues moving into this. And uh, a lot of those have just been in- just exacerbated by the fact that GDP has dropped to, to nothing over the last couple months. So I, what, what do you think? Let's, let's talk about uh, hard assets now that uh, we're post-pandemic or moving in on that. Well, speaking of hard assets, today is an interesting day because we would have highlighted last week that we noted there were going to be several failures in terms of the world at large and corporations were going to be right at the forefront of what we were watching in terms of making certain that we're keeping the pace and the pulse of these markets as this story develops. And pandemic or not, we also pointed out, Jeremy, that whenever the next recession started, there would be tremendous change in our approach uh, to where we see the market going and what would ultimately be the end case. Now, we've seen stock markets rally back. I mean, today, as we tape here on Friday, they are certainly down a little on the day. But overall, if you were asleep at the wheel for the last uh, 11, 12 weeks, maybe longer, and just had woken up now and were looking at the stock markets, you'd think, well, what's the big deal? Nothing has really happened. They've, they've in fact, since their lows come way off of that, and the U.S. market in particular is just, uh, is just going back up towards that all-time high. And again, when we look at hard assets as a base, uh, we're not only thinking of gold and silver. Gold and silver, but just a little part of that picture, one that's very important nonetheless. But if you look at things like Hertz, Hertz holds a huge <laughs> I was just going to talk about that, yeah. Yeah, I'll let you do it because Hertz holds a huge chunk of real hard assets. And they've just filed for bankruptcy. And lo and behold, today, before I did the show, a colleague contacts me and goes, did you know Hertz is selling cars in Mississauga? And they're going to be, you know, like, they're just going to get rid of them and they're dumping left and right. Anybody need them? You know, and well, this is an interesting time. Well, better yet, um, did you know that that a lot of the corporate debt for Hertz, a big portion, is owned by the Fed? Jeez, so, $25 so when, million dollars worth of debt. 
yeah, when when they when they went on a buying spree and were buying up corporate debt, because remember, people aren't going to be buying corporate debt. Who's going to buy it? Uh, it's got to be rolled over. Otherwise, the company's got to pay it pay it off, right? Right. They're not in positions to be paying off debt right now. So uh, they got. Uh, I, I did see somewhere someone was quoting we're 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 in the everything is too big to fail moment, right? Everything right. can't fail. So, um, you know, you've got to be looking at this decorrelation between what's happening in stock markets and what's happening in the real world. So you've got this propping up of stock markets, certainly because of all the money that's being just, you know, wheeled out. But by the same token, you also have to think about, well, wait a minute. If the Fed owns all that, well, that that no wonder there's a reason why. I'm not saying they own all of it, but when they own a good portion of corporate debt across the board, you can see how the stock market is levitating. The question is, quickly, Darren, what do you think? Should people be should people be going against City Hall in this case, or should they be betting against the Fed? For propping up the stock market because at this point we don't know what the zombie stocks are going to be right well again for me bet against it this time is different uh mark my words it's the way i feel it's the way i'm taking uh it's the way i'm going to approach this and again uh, nothing reminded me more of this than last week when evan siddle uh who is the head of uh, cmch the canadian mortgage and housing corporation spoke in front of the finance committee and he warned over and over again that politicians really needed to take a, a leading role here in stopping to stoke real estate and face reality. And at the time, he said that it's possible within a year there could be as much as an 18% drop in Toronto values overall. Now, again, that was met with a barrage of negativity and, and negative responses and how dare you say this. And it was led by numerous uh, different, different corporations. But it is a sign of the times because it's not just the CMHC who's coming out and saying there's problems in the economy. It's Moody's. And look this week at our banks. Our banks have just reported for the first time, and I can't remember how long, massive losses on the quarter. I mean, um, the overall revenue for, for RBC was down 66%, and it was bigger well, in CIBC. And I mean, RBC is the largest bank in Canada. Okay, let's, let's, let's hold it there. This time is different, is what you were saying. Let's talk about that in the next segment. The phone number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com, and we'll be right back. You're listening to The Real Money Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And we're back with The Real Money Show. I'm Jeremy Wiseman. I'm here with Darren Long. Darren, we were talking about this time is different. The website, guildhallwealth.com, the phone number, one eight seven seven eight silver And we're looking at the diff- – you know, going into this, we knew that a recession was coming. We talked about it. We talked about the fact that the Fed were, was lowering interest rates, uh, that they were buying up the repo market. There were a lot of problems behind the scenes. Now we're seeing different problems behind the scenes. You know, you were just talking about uh, real estate and how there's warning signals that real estate, especially in Toronto, could be dropping by double digits. And the government behind the scenes are kind of shuffling to, to in a panic situation to make sure that everything sort of stays stable. Um, can you continue with, with what you were saying there? 
Well, yeah, as it turns out, you can have too much of, of one thing. And that's what uh, Evan Siddle, CEO of CMHC, the Canadian Mortgage and Housing Corporation, said last week in front of the House of Commons. Uh, and basically, just look at the, the numbers. I mean, they paint a very, very vivid picture right now. And it is different. And we say it's different because we're looking back at 2008 and nine and saying, look, Canada made it through that relatively unscathed we didn't have a major major recession we didn't have a major pullback in our real estate in fact we were one of the fastest economies to grow we were touted as the next uh, coming of of age in terms of what to look for in economies that make the right decisions as we went through and up until uh, around 2012-13 and if you look now before this pandemic began jeremy household debt equaled around 99 percent of our economy it is expected to explode towards 130% by autumn. And that is well in excess of the ratios that the BIS or Bank for International Settlements has pegged for GDP, for good GDP growth, which they say should only be, household debt should only be 80% at max of the economy. If we're going to push these new realms, these new ratios, and we're going to see this happen, how can we not look at the reality, which is we're faced with a challenge. Do we venture back in, as you asked in the first segment, and bet with the feds that the stock markets will rise, side with the banks that this is really something we can prevent from getting too deep in terms of recession? Or do we go on the other side and do we add hard assets to our portfolio? Because at the end of the day, this ends up being a test, not for the faint of heart. The people who own paper suffer the greatest, Jeremy. And when you don't have hard assets like gold and silver, you don't have that protection that the 1% get because they know have been through this and have used it time and time again. The website, guildhallwealth.com, the phone number one eight seven seven eight silver I do think that there's something to be said that to not necessarily believe all the happy talk that there's just a light switch that's going to go off and the economy is just going to get back to normal. Uh, I think there's just too much clawing its way back. I think that uh, the stock market has a lot of issues if it's just being propped up. Bigger systematic issues that are going to rear their ugly head eventually down the road. Who knows? Could be a year, two years, four years. What we're hearing from a lot of people who are getting involved in precious metals right now, Darren, and I'd love to hear some stories from you, is just people are looking at the handouts, that it's great the government wants to help people, but at the end of the day, they don't produce anything. So that's, that, that is a bill, right? There's no such thing as a free lunch. We are going to pay for that somehow, some way, whether it's higher taxes, inflation. Uh, there's all sorts of ways that we're going to end up paying for it. And I think that there's a feeling that people just want out of that system or at least be able to hedge against that. You know, it would be great to think that everything could get back to normal. But when I speak to a lot of um, new clients whose businesses have been incredibly affected by all of this, uh, they're thinking very differently today about, about wealth. What about you? It's important to think differently because the time has changed and it's, it requires a new reality. Some of those things that we see on the outside include the value of being able to be mobile, the value of being able to work with less, the value, the value of, of trying to get the greatest amount of productivity per the dollar that you spent to get that productivity. Those things are going to come uh, to the forefront as we continue on here. But um, 
we've also got to face this challenge that lies ahead of us. Uh, Bay Street and Wall Street are not Main Street. And one thing that we discussed, Jeremy, is that COVID would do is widen the gap between investors and borrowers, between those who have owned real assets and those who hold financial ones. And there are endless buckets of liquidity from governments around the world and central bankers, which have just flooded capital markets. And it's created demand for tradable securities, which leaves the impression, unfortunately, that things are going to improve that maybe we were wrong maybe this isn't going to be as bad as everybody thinks the reality is if you don't protect yourself now you'll never do it you'll be rebuilding all of that which you worked so hard to gain precious metals has a role to play in that and i believe everybody should hold some for those reasons yeah i think ultimately what you're talking about there darren whether it's a business or personal is a return to value right? Understanding the value of a dollar. We're, we're not taking as much for granted anymore. And I think we should continue that discussion. The phone number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. You're listening to The Real Money Show brought to you by Guildhall Wealth. And you're listening on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show. Darren, you were talking just before the break about businesses who are going to become more lean and mean, as it were, and uh, this idea that people aren't going to be spending quite as much. I think this is, has shown people may have been o overextended in many ways and they're having to rethink that. And... Ultimately, this would lead to this concept of a return to value. Um, what, what do you think about that? Well, return to values are smart, and they are cyclical, Jeremy. We saw it in the 70s. We saw it in the early 2000s. And these return to values mean, hey, if I've got too much of one thing, like real estate is a hard asset, maybe I'm going to diversify a little bit. Because if we're looking at the big picture, part of the problem with the way that central bankers have approached this whole thing is that they've opened up the window for people to come and be served. So if you need support, you're getting it. If you can help get help from your employer, you're getting it. If you're an employer and you need help, you're getting it. But these all have consequences and those won't be felt until end of year, maybe into next year. And the truth is, Jeremy, we're coming up on a big deferral cliff in which either the government is going to have to extend that window of giving to the public in order to support them as a social net, so to speak, or they're going to have to end that. And if I'm a banker, do I want to take a risk on somebody who took CERB or maybe a husband and wife who decided to both take CERB and then all of a sudden want to get back into their oh, side job of investing in speculative real estate? No, I don't. I'm not going to take risk on those people. So from my perspective, Jeremy, I think you get back to the simple rules. Uh, invest only what you can afford. Remember investment at the best of times, no matter whether you're holding the safest of investments uh, or whether the most speculative investments is all risk. You have to take that into consideration, do your due diligence. Gold, as the mainstream is starting to understand right now, is a critical part, along with other precious metals, in building up your portfolio and making it uh, healthier during these uncertain economic times, and always a little bit of reading. Education is a key. We drive that at Guildhall. But in terms of where you're heading, certainly you're already seeing that impact. We're getting lots of calls. In fact, we're inundated with calls from people that are just uncertain about what their future is going to hold right now. 
Yeah, and I think the idea of physical precious metals, you know, we have a motto, if you can't hold it, you don't own it. It's the smell test that if you actually own physical precious metals, there's no counterparty there, right? Um, you know, going through a lot of panic um, a couple months ago, and, and I think people are, are fatigued by it all, but the idea that, well, if I need something right now, I should be able to get it. Right. And if it's investments like being able to liquidate investments, well, you don't want to be told, I'm sorry, there's no redemptions. You can't liquidate. Right. Um, you should have the ability to have access to your money. And I think that's one of the things that precious metals bring to the table is that liquidity aspect of it. And the idea that not just liquidity, but by owning physical precious metals, no one else owns that. Right. If you own it, whether it's in a depository, whether you take it home, whether it's in an RSP that's allocated physically in a sub-account that's yours, you can go to the vault and personally audit the holdings. This shows that this is your product. No one else has a claim to it. And I think that when there's a lot of risks out there because of all the debt, I think you want to insure your wealth and certainly having no counterparty risk does that. So that's that's got me excited about the precious metals. Of course, there are shortages as well. So I think we should uh, get our listeners updated on, on shortages in the market and, and how we're doing with um, allowing clients to be able to acquire some physical precious metals. The phone number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. You're listening to The Real Money Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show. We are going to be talking about shortages. Darren, I've been listening to um, some interviews with uh, McGuire. Andrew McGuire, he was the original whistleblower on the shorts in the the contracts for the futures market. And he was saying that there's clearly a disconnect there, that the wholesalers can't get their hands on physical bullion, that the market makers um, are basically sucking that product out of the market. There was massive influx into the ETFs. It's a lot of jargon, but at the end of the day, what it comes down to is the paper price Let's look at silver for a moment. The paper price of silver is at $18. But if you wanted to buy a whole whack load of it, you would be completely out of luck. So how do you reconcile the paper price, the non-fabricated, you know, cotton, not the t-shirt, sugar, not the cupcake. How do you reconcile the paper price with the actual ability to get physical product in your hand? Well, this, is now part of the idea and concept we're discussing how this time is different in times gone by jeremy maybe two three four weeks we'd see these very wide spreads between what the paper price of silver or gold was and what the reality of uh, for a person purchasing was and we get this question asked very often and right now unfortunately with gold and silver and i believe that there is always a possibility it could get better and it will get better but right now and for the foreseeable short term um, there is a shortage as you said and it doesn't help when in the background you're dealing with a system which has primarily only 
ever handled paper. And when we look at the spot price, when you open up the news at night or your daily uh, read of Guildhall's website or you get your email, there's always a quoted price there for gold or silver. It's not the price that you would pay for a 100-ounce bar of silver or a 10-ounce bar. Those are different products, one-ounce bar of gold, all different products. It's just the stated spot price that comes out of the futures market. And unfortunately, behind the scenes right now, what we have discussed, Jeremy, since we started this show is true. And Andrew McGuire and others are just exacerbating that whole argument about the fact that someday there was going to come a realization that these paper contracts could not be fulfilled. But the amount of gold that was sitting in those paper contracts existed nowhere in the world that when you were looking at a market that was trying to trade in excess of an entire year's supply of mined physical gold in an hour or two on a market during a day, that there would be a realization someday that miners, that dealers, that wholesalers, that mints, that companies like Guildhall would be beyond frustrated to have to live and sleep and eat in that world where paper market ruled. I now think you understand what is happening and that is the disconnect is going to continue and that these gaps are going to be here for a long time to come 47,000 ounces 47,000 contracts standing for delivery one of the largest ever in the history of my time at Guildhall in the paper market in gold right now as we speak for June where are they going to get 4.7 million ounces of physical gold when firms can't even get a hundred ounces of physical gold. Yeah, I know we're we're able to. We've been getting product in. We've been servicing the wait list that we've had for for weeks now. Um, mm. I think we've. I think we we're almost through the wait lists. There's unfortunately no silver available in registered accounts, but we do have the gold available again in registered accounts. And uh, we do have silver and gold available. We actually just got a couple monster boxes in, which I'm pretty sure will be sold by by the time we uh, finish the day today. But it's nice to see some product coming back into the market. Darren, before we go to break, what would you say to someone who is looking at those massive premiums and they're saying, well, maybe I'll wait till the price is lower. I would say that that's a risk. I would say that that's hopeful. And, and I would hope for them that that's an opportunity that will present itself. But by the time those premiums do shrink, the price of gold and silver could be multiple times higher. It could be 10, 20, 30, 40% higher, in which case you're not saving anything. You're doing yourself a disservice. If you have the ability to cover and you have the ability to buy and you've been thinking about this for a while, it's there in front of you. You only have limited opportunities. It's time to have that gold or that silver in your portfolio. And because this is long-term, Jeremy, we're not thinking about pennies. We're thinking about dollars. And dollars are what mean uh, you're going to become wealthier and well-protected because you own gold and silver. Well, let's bring it all together in the next segment, talk about the different ways that people can get involved in the market and some of the strategies that we've seen people employ in the markets, especially with maybe even the uh, ratio between gold and silver, especially since it is very high right now, showing silver being undervalued. So there's a lot more to come. We also want to talk about natural fancy colored diamonds and how they can be a part of your portfolio and what they can do for you in terms of gains. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, Guildhall Wealth. You're listening to The Real Money Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.
You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show. Darren, just before break, we were going to talk about the different ways that people can get involved in physical precious metals. They want to protect their wealth. They want to protect uh, their portfolios. And what are some of the ways that people can get involved in precious metals right now? That's right, Jeremy. We do have some very simple ways. It's direct purchase where you can just buy and have the product delivered home. And in fact, anything over $1,000 is still free shipping. You have the option of storing that product for ease of liquidity, for safety, for insurance, buying and selling by phone call. That is a doable account called a depository account. You have also the option, as you've already mentioned, Jeremy, of putting gold and silver into an RSP. It's like found money. If you got out of that market or you've got some dead horses that aren't winning for you anymore or you've got some money saved up in a TFSA or you want it in that particular type of account where you get a nice uh, tax incentive, capital gains free in a TFSA, it's exciting and it's an option that's on the table. In fact, with a TFSA, you can put up to almost 70000 Canadian dollars into that TFSA and we'll help you every step of the way, no matter what account you choose. It's very easy to do, and you can use our website. If you've been mentioning throughout the show, Jeremy, at guildhallwealth.com, to go and see some of that product that is readily available now and can be added to any of those three types of accounts. Yeah, and I think that one of the advantages, um, actually, I should introduce, uh, we have a special guest with us right now. We have Paul Wiseman, president of Guild Hall. Paul, one of the things I wanted to just quickly talk to you about, as Darren mentioned, the registered accounts, is we have depository accounts, allocated, segregated product, but the TFSA is, if you're not using your TFSA, you should be using it for the depository. If you're not using your TFSA, you're absolutely crazy. It's a tax-free saving. And with the way gold and silver has been kept back, uh, it's one of the best and strongest investment. With the governments printing all types of fiat currency, they're never, ever going to be able to pay it back unless they tax you, tax you at 99.9 because that's the only way they're ever going to be able to. In you know, in England in the 60s and 70s, they, paid, they had taxes up to 97.5. <laughs> Uh, you know, so it's it's crazy. Yeah. Um, Property it, taxes is coming next. Well, For sure, they they're going to raise it's that. It's impossible to yeah. to pay back what they've given away. People are staying at home. They're not working because it's better to stay at home than go to work. I mean, that's what's happening. And, now, and well, the other thing is, is that they're just handing the money out blind, just blind. I just got off my, the phone. My my mother in law just got a check from the U.S. government. I just got <laughs> off the phone with our insurance agent. Yeah. And um, I. We were just discussing how companies are getting, you know, forty thousand dollars from the government for being in business. That's the first right. one they can get. They can get up to eight hundred and seventy-seven dollars for each employee if their sales are down by thirty percent or whatever it is. They're now trying to get the rent. Where if you're a business, you get the landlord to pay twenty-five percent. You pay twenty-five percent, and the government pays fifty percent. Um, yeah, but, but what pro- difference if you're not doing any business sooner or later, you know, if, if you can only do 50% of your business in a restaurant, you're not going to make it. Yeah, and this is a this is a problem that, you know, Darren was talking about real estate coming coming off 
And the thing is, is that, you know, I've heard a lot of bad stories about landlords and stuff. And it, it's got to be because, you know, in, in the real estate market, people have been really highly leveraged. And it's not it's not as though these these landlords have enough equity that they can say to their tenants, it's okay, like you can pay me in four months, don't worry about it. Instead, they're pressuring people who, who can't get their stores back open. Well, so it's a tough situation. Everybody knew about how to invest in real estate, yeah. how to invest in cryptocurrencies, how to invest in cannabis. Um, those were all the hot, trendy things to do. And that's what people put their money. Every time we spoke about gold and silver, it went on deaf ears. I don't know how many people bought from us product, bought it, took it home, snuck home, never told any of their neighbors or their relatives or friends or whatever it was. And all of a sudden, they're doing extremely well, uh, you know, in the price of where gold and silver is. Yes, we had a little bit of a sell-off in March in silver, but this was paper. It wasn't the physical product. We couldn't even get the physical product. It was starting to tighten up. I just got off the phone as well with our suppliers and in gold and silver, and I'm saying, you know, when are the 100-ounce bars yeah. going to really start to come in? Because we've got a lot on order, and we've been really fortunate because we've filled every single order on 100-ounce silver out. Yeah, silver I wanted to bars. ask you about that. So what did he say? Um, it just said they, they got in 150 or 200 bars. And they're in the States. They, they've got millions of customers, not millions, but thousands of customers, whether they're you know dealers. They just don't have the product. Right. On their website, they're just showing a 100-ounce silver bar. It doesn't say LBMA approved. It doesn't say that it's you know RCM. It doesn't say it's PAMP. It just says a silver bar. They don't even know, and they don't know when they're going to get it. But what I wanted to br bring up, hard assets – are the way to go, whether it's gold, whether it's silver, whether it's a natural fancy color diamond. These are the type of investments you need to protect your wealth. I said, I just got off the phone with my insurance broker. You know, everybody insures their home, they insure their car, they have life insurance. Why not insure your wealth? And the best way to do that is with a natural fancy color diamond. For the last 40 years since they've been keeping records, they've never ever dropped in price. And with the Argyle mine closing, the end of this year, pinks have already gone through the roof. They're going to even go even higher. It's like a Picasso or a Rembrandt. Once they're dead, there's no more art unless they're reproductions. You can't reproduce a pink diamond or a yellow diamond. Yes, you can cook it up in some laboratory, but it's not a diamond that takes millions of years naturally to come to light. So I think right now this is the time to get a natural fancy colored diamond, some gold and silver in your portfolio to protect what you've got. Who knows what could happen with real estate? Everybody keeps on bumping up and saying, it's great, it's not going to go down. It's going to go down. I think we have a lot to talk about and a lot we we got to slam it into a one one last segment here, but Darren, we need to talk about where these metal prices and where these diamond prices could be headed over the next five ten years. Let's get that jump over that break. The number one eight seven seven eight silver. The website guildhallwealth.com. It's the Real Money Show on Global News Radio six forty Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the website, guildhallwealth.com, the phone number, one eight seven seven eight silver uh, Darren, post-pandemic world, precious metals, 
the disconnect between the stock market and uh, what's actually happening with businesses. We mentioned at the top of this show about Hertz, the idea that they're going bankrupt and the Fed owns a bunch of their debt. Um, I think that there's a lot more to see here. And you were talking about uh, the banks not doing well for the first time in a very long time. It's an important point to make, Jeremy, because in reality, it's not that the banks have lost or that they're net negative in their earnings. In fact, what's happened is year over year, the amount of money that they've earned, uh, that they're typically earning, has dropped substantially. And in some cases, I mean, RBC reported this week 66% drop in their earnings. And that's significant because that's the first time in almost 16 years of being at Guild Hall that we've really heard that. And if you look at the grand scheme of things, when people who have given up are added into this count, jobless rates near 20%. There's almost a million families that can't or won't pay their mortgages. We have a savings rate, which is uh, hovering precariously just below 1%, and four in 10 bloody households went into this mess living paycheck to paycheck. I don't think, as I said to you earlier, that, that unemployment's going to go back to anywhere near where it was, 5% or 6% uh, this year, or even maybe by the end of next year. And if you think that you know small businesses are coming back, one-third of all small businesses are going to evaporate because of this situation. If this is not the perfect and ideal reason to take what you do have, what you've worked so hard to build, and put it aside as an insurance policy in the form of physical gold, physical silver, natural fancy colored diamonds, and other hard assets, then I don't know that there will be a best time for you as an investor. Well, Darren, you're you're basically saying that we're we're in depressionary times if, if they haven't said it in, in, in name yet, and that during those times you really need to protect yourself, and that's where do you you have to start to question: Do I really want to have my money in the stock market? Should I be preparing? Should I be thinking about having physical metal for the first time? Maybe I should be adding physical metal to the first for the first time. Paul, what what do you say to the fact that? These, these numbers that Darren's pushing out saying that, well, hey, the banks aren't doing well. There's going to be high unemployment. Government's handing out money. That, could, that to me, spells perfect opportunity for precious metals and natural fancy colored diamonds. Of course. But what's happened is the banks have to put reserve for bad debt. They have to take – the bad debt is going to be rising on a, an incredible rate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the good will overcome the bad doesn't always work. So they have to have reserves. They know that the people are not going to pay their credit cards. They know car loans are going to be, you know, being beaten up. People are not paying mortgages. Landlords are also going to suffer because, you know, one of the largest landlords uh, in Canada that owns lots of office buildings, they came out with a report last week. You know, they got, they're collecting 55% of their rents or 45% right. of their rents. 55% are outstanding. So, you know, everybody's going to start to get hit. Everybody's, you know, tightening up. They're not spending. I mean, you know, as I said earlier in that previous segment, you know, you go to a restaurant and you're only going to be open, open it to 50% of the people. You know, that's your profit. That's, you know, if you're not selling liquor, it's great. You can do curbside deliveries, but you don't make money if you don't sell liquor. And it's the same thing in the fashion business. People have got two seasons that didn't sell. They had 
the spring season and the summer season and the new product that you know is not being shipped in because if you owe for two seasons guess what you're not going to get product right at the same time there's there's people you know the fact that things are closed down people don't you know you can't go spend your money at a sporting event you can't go out to a restaurant so there is something to be said for people who, you know in a position to start saving money this is why it's so important to just have a little protection and for me, a natural fancy color diamond, I've been a collector for a long, long time. Um, I've got two diamonds that I think will be extremely affordable for anybody that is thinking of making some type of investment for around about $21,000 US. I've got a 111, that's 1.111 carat and a 112 carat, intense, internally flawless, means there's no inclusions. Uh, it's a both beautiful stones, they're also a matching pair. Um, you're looking at a, at a price as a twenty thousand nine ninety five US. That's about twenty eight thousand dollars Canadian. And what I'll do for the month of June is no sales tax on any diamond that is purchased. And and I I, I have to say, as we're we're winding down here, that I can recall um, someone purchasing an intense yellow, internally flawless, less than ten years ago for about thirteen thousand dollars Canadian. So that just kind of shows you where the trajectory of these natural fancy colored diamonds have been going. As I said, I have two diamonds, that, but one's a 111 carat, one's a 1.12 carat. They're radiant cut. It's a matching pair. You're looking at Canadian price of $28,500. Um, and we won't charge the sales tax for the month of June. This is a great way to get started. If you want to buy two, one, if you've got a couple of kids, you're looking for their university education, or you're looking at your own retirement, or you're looking for something that's going to be safe, 28.5, two matching diamonds, tax in. Yeah, and I can remember less than 10 years ago, a diamond uh, internally flawless intense was selling for 13,000 Canadians. So they've, they've done quite well. Uh, getting involved in the market is as easy as calling one eight seven seven eight silver or going to the website guildhallwealth.com. You can acquire your physical precious metals directly. You can store them in an IROC approved independent uh, depository storage facility. And then we also offer it for registered accounts. That's RSP TFSAs, Liras, Lifts, Rips, even RESPs. Again, the, the number 18778Silver, the website guildhallwealth.com. It's been great speaking with you gentlemen this week. I look forward to doing it again next week on The Real Money Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.